The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. Welcome to Overland Park Community Church. Good to have you here today. I'm excited to share with you once again as we continue to dive in this series about tribalism and learning how important the tribe was to the nation of Israel. And it, it played such a vital role, even in the fact that they were to stay close to the Lord. We saw in week one how there were 12 tribes and three camped to the north and three to the south, three to the east, three to the west. They were all to be close, in close proximity to the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Lord, which I, I think we could say represents the fire of the Lord, that their faith would be white hot based upon their nearness to the Lord. And we look even in the New Testament and we see a lot of um, things, a lot of symbolism about the fire of the Lord burning in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, We are to be a holy nation. And so we look at in the Old Testament how the tribe played such an important role in passing down the faith and belief in who God was And it was not just for the nation of Israel, it was for the entire human population. Um, All of humanity was to learn what God was like through this nation Israel. This is how God was going to speak to the world. He was going to make a promise through one particular group of people, and he was going to carry that promise out uh, over or throughout history so that even today as we look and learn about God, we're learning about how God worked within the nation of Israel. So in the New Testament, we are the people of God, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, if you will. And so, and, and, and I think of, in terms of uh, looking at this and thinking about how they moved in the Old Testament. And they would move, like they would break camp and they would move. In Numbers chapter 2, uh, verse 34, the Bible tells us that they, they camped under their standards or, or a banner, if you will, that had their family or their tribal name on it. And at the appropriate time, they would set out according to their clan or family. And so they would, they, would, they would have particular responsibilities when it was time for the people of God to break camp and move. And we're talking about a massive amount of people. They all had their different responsibilities, and they would have to be organized, and they would have to be near the Lord, and they would have to follow what the Lord wanted to do. So the Lord would move from time to time, and he led them um, by a, 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 a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And so he would descend down upon that Ark of the Covenant and it represented God's presence here on the planet. Now we know that in the New Testament, we are the Ark of God. That your body, when Paul says your body, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? That you are not your own. And so we, if we look and lay ourselves with the New Testament over the Old Testament, we see that, that listen, I am the new ark of the covenant. The covenant is in me. When I make a covenant relationship with the God of the universe through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, then I become a person who is indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. And so in the Old Testament, the Lord would always have them moving. And, and, and in the New Testament, which is the age that we're living in, is the Lord is still moving. Like the Lord is moving today. He will move in our midst. I can tell right now, I don't know if you can, but he's moving downstairs. Do y'all hear the music? And so he's moving. And, and he's, he's moving at Starbucks right now, even though we're here worshiping him. He's gonna move at the, the soccer fields. 
He's moving all the time. And so as we think in terms of living the tribal life, it's all about the movement of God and being in tune with what is the Lord doing and, and what, am, what am I supposed to be doing in the midst of the movement in which God is engaged in at the particular moment. And so we look at, at Joshua, and Joshua is the, um, he succeeds Moses. Like when Moses' leadership comes to an end, Joshua's begins. And he is going to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And Joshua was a warrior. Um, even one of our own generals, uh, General Patton, loved Joshua from the Bible and, and studied a lot and learned a lot from, from Joshua. Joshua was a warrior, and he understood that courage was necessary to follow God. And he learned that from um, being a part of all that God did through Moses, and he learned that from his intimacy with the Lord. One of the things I love about Joshua is that Moses would go into the tent of meeting, and he would meet with God. And after he was finished meeting with God, um, he would leave, but it says of Joshua that Joshua would linger and hang around a while. And I love that about Joshua. It's like, you want to know why Joshua was a great leader? Because he was intimate with the Lord. He, he was in touch with the Lord, and he hung around and stayed as close as he could to the Lord. And so when it was time for Moses, um, his life to come to an end, Joshua would be the one who would lead the nation of Israel. And I think it has everything to do with the fact that he was in intimate relationship with the Lord himself. And so he understood that when the Lord moved, he was to move. And so God could use him to move the entire nation from place to place, even into a foreign land where they did not know where they were going and they were going to conquer all this territory that was going to be the fulfillment of the promise that God made to Abraham that he was going to give him a land, he was going to make him into a nation, and they were going to occupy their homeland, and Israel was going to, they were ultimately going to rest once they conquered all the land that the Lord had promised to them. And so it, he understood that it took courage to follow the Lord. And, and so he was the one that was going to lead them to cross over into the promised land. Now, can you imagine the emotions these people felt? Can you imagine the fear, the intimidation, the enthusiasm, the, the excitement, the opportunity, the doubt? Like, all of this stuff was going on with them. It's not unlike what happens for you and I when the Lord moves. There's excitement. There's enthusiasm. There's There's fear. Um, there's doubt. Can I really do this? Can God use me to do this thing? And so all of these things like start encroaching upon our minds and our hearts. And I think the enemy even works in that as we're trying to take the promised life, the tribal life for the Lord as he moves. And we're trying to follow him in new territory and claim something for the kingdom that was not before. And that, that's the way God is moving in and around and through us. Paul says, in him, um, it, it, we live and we move and we find our being. That's what he says in Acts chapter 17. In, in the Lord, we find all of that. And so as the Lord is moving in all of these places where we're, we're living, we have to really be in tune with what he's doing and understand that we have to overcome that fear. We have to overcome that doubt in order to cross over into the life that he wants us to take and accomplish things for, for him. And so it was a transition for them, the nation of Israel, as they crossed over the Jordan, it was a transition from the old life to the new life. 
And so, like, man, if you ever study the Bible, they'll tell you, like, the New Testament sheds light on the Old Testament. And we see the Lord and we see the life of the Lord and, and, and the gospel all over the Old Testament. So here before, they're on this side. Here's the Jordan. The promised land is all on the other side of the Jordan River. And they were going to have to cross the Jordan to take what had been promised to them. And once they crossed the Jordan, there was more than just the promise of the land and the life. You know what else was over there? The enemy, several enemy rogue nations that they were gonna have to take out. Guess how many battles they had had? Zero. Guess what their army looked like? They didn't know. Like they'd never had an army. They just left the bondage of Egypt. They're just figuring this thing out. That's just like, it's just like what it is to, to be a, a living a life for the Lord right now. Is you're just constantly figuring it out and trying to see what the Lord wants you to do. But there's all kinds of promised stuff out there, territory for the kingdom that he wants us to claim. People, like, man, there are lost people out there that the enemies got held up in bondage. And what do we have? We, we have a ministry of reconciliation. We're to go in there and sometimes and, and claim that person for the Lord. And, and step into that individual's life and help them to find their way to the Lord. Help them to find the freedom of living the promised life. And so the Lord will use us in all kinds of ways to help people to see him for who he really is and, and to be able to be used by him. And so it's, just, it's an incredible opportunity as we look at what the Lord wants us to do as we transition from the old life before Jesus. We cross over into the new life after Jesus. He has invaded my life. I'm now the, 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 the same thing as the Ark of the Covenant. I, I contain God in me because he indwells in me and I start to follow him and be used of him in a way that he can uh, accomplish his will here on the planet. And so we have to realize that we're in a war and we need to move like warriors. We're in a war and we need to move like warriors and quit try playing patty cake with Jesus. Like, that's not what this is about. Like, we're, we're supposed to be in a war claiming things for the Lord, realizing we have to overcome fear, we have to overcome doubt in order to live the promised life. If we're not doing that, man, we're like selling ourselves short. We're selling the Lord short. We're not accomplishing what it is that we were designed to accomplish. So, so we have to be courageous in order to live for the Lord, and that's how we pass it on. Remember, we started our theme verses being Deuteronomy 6, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, when you sit down and eat, talk about this. Talk about what? Talk about what the Lord is doing in your life. Not, not talk about church. Not talk about, like, religion. But talk about how the Lord is moving. And guess what? If the Lord is not moving in your life, you don't have anything to say. And the translation is, is you can't teach your kids the things about God because you don't know anything about God yourself except for what other people say. And, and you don't have your own personal experience with the Lord Jesus Christ and him scaring you to death from time to time, but always coming through. Remember, like last week we learned, he's a lion, man. And, and he wants to roar in our lives. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he wants to do things in our lives. He, he doesn't want us just to be like people who go to church. How weak is that, man? 
Like, I don't want a church filled with people who just go to church. Like, I want a church filled with people that are passionately following the line of the tribe of Judah, and they're going through these terrifying experiences from time to time where they're dealing with doubt, where they're dealing with fear, and the Lord is is giving them the courage, and they're stepping into their doubt. They're stepping into their fear, and God is moving, and all of a sudden, something happens on the inside of them, and they become the warriors that Christ intended them to be as they're living out the promised tribal life here on this side of eternity. So we, we look at all of these things and there are some keys we learn from Joshua's story as a warrior who was following the Lord that will help us to live this tribal life. When we look at Joshua chapter three, verse one, it says, early in the morning, and again, this is, this is right before they're about to go in. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shidom and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. And after three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. This is what they say. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then, underline this if you're taking notes, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. You ever felt like that's what it ought to feel like to follow Jesus is going into places you've never been before. But you know which way to go because the fire of the Lord is burning in and ahead of you. It's burning in you and ahead of you showing you where you should go. But keep a distance of about a 1,000 yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. Here, here's the first key to like living the tribal life. Look for the Lord's movement. Like he's moving, man. He's going to move today somewhere. Somehow in your life, the Lord is going to be moving in and, in and around other, other people, experiences, circumstances. A, a prayer I've really been trying to pray recently is like, Lord, where do you want to go today? What do you want to do? And I have to really guard myself because I can get lost in study and administrative tasks of the church. And an office from the house in the basement, our basement is unfinished, and I, I call it the hole or the cave. It gets cold down there. But I can find myself working on things and, and spending a lot of time working and I'm working and I'm working. And, and, and it's good, it's healthy, I need to be working. But man, I need to get out and see what the Lord is doing out in the world. So I'm really trying to be intentional about spending a certain amount of time working and then just leaving the hole and getting out there and seeing where is the Lord gonna take me today? What is he gonna do? And so it's, you guys are already, like, you're, you're out, and if you, even if you, maybe if you office from the home, you office from somewhere else one day a week. Um, but just look, where's the Lord going to take you today? And look for his movement. And so I, as I go to my kids' games, like, we went to a game yesterday, and I'm just looking for where is the Lord moving. Um, Faith had a birthday party, and I guess this tribalism thing really went to her head because she did a camp out but it was all in the basement, <laughs> tents and everything. And so one of the guys came over, uh, one of the girls' dads came over and dropped off the tent um, that, that we were gonna use. And, and I, I hadn't, 
I, I, didn't, I don't know the guy very well. And so, but I have an OU shirt on, like, right? Boomer. Okay, good. I just want to make sure somebody was out there. If it wasn't, if we're not in Oklahoma, I could tell that because we would be sooner. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so that he, I had my OU shirt on. He says, oh, you got the right shirt on. I said, bro, you're from Oklahoma. He's like, yeah. So we started talking. And so I'm like, look, is the Lord moving in this? And so I just planted a seed. I said, we should get together this fall and watch a game together because these Jayhawk people are crazy and we need to do our own thing. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, that is a way the Lord is moving. And so I'm looking out ahead. How may God use that for me to like build a bridge into this guy's life? I don't know, but it's a movement of the Lord. I was at a game yesterday and, and um, uh, one of the, one of the uh, couples, Abby's invited this, this lady into her life to walk with her and, and they, they, don't, they don't attend church, um, have, have been here. She's been here, I think a time or two and uh, so they're talking to us, and we're just connecting, and he tells me they're going to this fundraiser where the, it's a kind of a Kentucky Derby theme, and he's trying to win it. You know, he's got his outfit all picked out. So I said, man, you're going to have to send me a text of, of, of your outfit. I want to see it. And so, like, what, what am I doing? I'm just looking. Is the Lord moving? I'm having a conversation. I don't know what the, the Lord wants me to do in this guy's life. You, you know what? Now I've built a bridge for something to talk to him about, and, and I, can, I can say to Abby, hey, tell them I want them to, to text me a picture. And so that you can, that's how the Lord can move. He, he may move in that, he may not move in that, but I'm looking, I'm just looking like, where is the Lord moving? And that's what we have to do. We have to be very effective at being the kind of people um, that, that realize as God gives specific instructions to follow, we need to consecrate ourselves. And, and the only way to consecrate yourself and, and to look for how the Lord is moving is to spend some time with the Lord. And I think that's what he means when he, he goes throughout the camp and he has the officers tell them, consecrate yourselves for the Lord is going to do something. And so Joshua was faithful to listen to and communicate God's instructions. He, he said in chapter uh, three, verse nine, he says, Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to what? The words of the Lord your God. It's always about the word. And so I am always like, you, you're, you're almost probably every sermon I preach, I'm going to say something about you being in the word. It's because it's always about the word. It's always about the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is the life-giving power that helps us to listen to the spirit of God who is living in us and control our flesh and live according to the Holy Spirit and, and not according to our own desires and pleasures. And so it's just like sitting with the Lord in the word and Joshua understood that, uh, the power of God's word. And he was like, don't rush this thing. Listen to the Lord, consecrate yourselves, get ready. And this is essential to living the tribal life of Christ. Jesus said to us that we are to abide. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 16, he says, blessed are your eyes. Why? Because they see and your ears because they hear. See what and hear what? They see the movement of the Lord and they hear the movement of the Lord. And you're a blessed individual if you can see and hear that because you will start living the tribal life and conquering territory. And, and though you'll step into the enemy territory, you're going to claim things for the kingdom that other people know nothing about. And it's not because you're special or anything like that. It's just because the Lord wants to use you. This is how he advances his kingdom. And he wants to use you and speak into your life and, and allow you to like claim things for himself. 
And whenever you start to live life that way, you're looking for the movement of the Lord and, and he's provided a way for that to happen. And it happens through the word and the spirit of God living in you. And so the, the first key to like living the tribal life is look for the Lord's movement. Like that's exciting to me. I, I'm ready to just say, let's get out of here, man. And maybe one week we ought to just cancel church and just look for the Lord's movement. Like the Lord moves in other places besides here. So like today, to keep with the tribal camping theme, like Coleman's having an event sale. Did y'all know that? I'm going over there to see what the Lord is doing. So maybe there's a good deal over there. Maybe I'll run into someone. I don't know. But wherever, as we go along, in him we move, we live and move and have our being. And so like, look, man, the Lord wants to do something in your life. Just look for it. And, and things take on a, a, just a totally different meaning. Look, look, let's look at verse 14. When the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho, and the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all the Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. So it's the second takeaway. It's like you got to carry out your responsibility. When you see the Lord move, you got to carry out your responsibility. You got to do your part, man. You got to look for the Lord to move, and then you got to capitalize on that movement and do the thing that he's asking you to do. To live the promised life, you have to be quick to follow the Lord's instructions because when God shows the way, if you aren't quick to obey, like if you delay when God shows the way, you'll probably never obey in the first place. This is why some people, man, when it comes to getting like, they, they make a decision for the Lord. And then the Lord like is showing them what the way and, and they learn, hey, you need to get baptized. And they're like, I, I don't know, maybe later. It's a delay. And so when oftentimes people will delay that, they'll keep pushing it off. And what is it that generally keeps, makes them do it? They're afraid. They're afraid of what other people might think. See, it's, it's the enemy, like, using all these tactics to keep us in a place where we can't conquer the, the stuff the Lord wants us to conquer. And when we meet the Lord and we enter into a relationship with him and, and he indwells us as the temple of the Holy Spirit, then, then it's, it's time to step in and, and obey that. And if, we don't, if we're not quick on it and we'll start justifying and we won't, we won't do the things that God wants us to do, and so it really kind of... It, it, it stymies the whole thing. We're not able to continue to get movement because we're not able to see any movement of the Lord because we're not sensitive to the movement the Lord has already shown us. And we become dull. And this is why Jesus said, blessed are you if you see and blessed are you if you hear. So when you see it, when you hear it, then do it. Like, like if the Lord leads you across somebody's path and, and you just feel a prompting of the Holy Spirit and you say, man, I, I should start a conversation with this person, then do it. You say, man, I don't know how to be sensitive like that. How, I, Jimmy, I don't feel like the Lord talks to me that way. Get in the word and he will. 
Like he will just do it, man. He will speak to you. And when he speaks, you just open up the dialogue and, 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 and just let him take you into any territory that he wants to take you in and watch what he does. And when, you, when you're quick to obey, he will continue to show the way. They did not know what was going to happen and the priest had to make sure that they weren't afraid to take the first step and lead the people into it, Okay. So they, like they're leading the people into it and then the people had to follow suit. And the, and the water, the Lord did a miracle and the water stopped flowing and they traveled across. And this is crucial for you to understand. We often do not get divine solutions to our problems until we act on the divine direction that God has already given us. So the key for you solving a major problem in your life may be listening to the divine direction God has given you on something small that you're not obeying in. Because God won't continue to unpack for us because he wants to know, what does he say? He who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. And so the Lord rewards that faithfulness and he's wanting us to listen to him. Now, a lot of times I think people will hear a story like this. Yeah, well, look, God, he's like stopping up the, the, the Jordan River. It's not even flowing. I mean, even a moron can believe that, right? I think we think that way if we're honest. But guess what they didn't have? They didn't have the sacrifice of the risen Christ and the resurrection of him living in their lives. They didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit living in them. They only had the power of it being witnessing it, looking at it in the ark. And it was to tell a story about what was going to be available in the future. And so there is a a resurrection miracle. Like this this is part of... We look at the Red Sea crossing and the crossing of the Jordan. It's part of the resurrection miracle and indicative of what God was going to do. Like he's going to invade our lives. He's going to be in us. And, and we're going to become the priests of God. We are, it's called the priesthood of the believer. And so we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And so the Lord is in us. And so we do have like this incredible um, thing that these people did not have. And so I, I, ironically, Now look at this, the irony of this is that God chose the hardest time to get them to act. It was during the flood stage of the river. Like he didn't didn't go when it was at low flow, it was high flow. Why? Because the Lord wants us to learn how to trust him. And, And man, listen, I've been following the Lord like passionately like this for years. It's still scary. If it ever ceases to be scary, something is wrong. Like the Lord ought to be making us afraid of stepping into new territory all the time. Now, I'm not afraid of the Lord. You know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of people rejecting me and not liking me. I'm afraid of them not wanting to have anything to do with Jesus. And therefore, if I bring this Jesus thing up, then they may not want to have anything to do with Jimmy. So I'm afraid of rejection. And so I have, to, I have to overcome that and, and believe that, man, the Lord is doing something in my life and I need to open my life up and share it with other people. Now, I'm not talking about scaring people away, like getting a bullhorn and going out and just talking about Jesus loves you and being crazy like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just, just being willing to open up and dialogue with people and let the Lord use you and see where he's moving and then carrying out your responsibility when he, when he moves, whether it be baptism, giving, serving, um, like just building a relationship with your neighbor, building a relationship with somebody you consistently are crossing paths with, just taking the next step to what the Lord is showing you. And so you want to look for the Lord's movement. You want to carry out your responsibility. And then we go to chapter four and we learn something really cool as we kind of summarize this story. 
When the whole nation, it says in verse 1, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people and from each tribe and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priest stood and to carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. We go to verse 19. It says, On the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern um, border of Jericho. Uh, And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? You tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this, underline this, He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Like set up a memorial. What what is this takeaway? Look for the Lord's movement, carry out your responsibility, and then share your stories. Like when the Lord moves, share your stories. Not your story, your stories. Sometimes you don't have to share your whole testimony. You just share uh, about how God was faithful in a particular moment. You just share a story. And as you share that story, it opens up an opportunity to share even more. And so you got to get good at sharing your stories. The memorial was designed to keep them focused so that they would not only stay focused on the Lord, but they would spread the word. The, the book of Acts is just, just filled with scripture. said the hand of the Lord was upon them and many people came to know the Lord because of the hand of the Lord being upon them. And they were sharing the stories and God moves in the midst of the story. So divine focus is crucial for success. And and we're to set up these memorials, these stories to declare our dependence. And as we do that, we create handles to help our spiritual family and our, our physical families to wrap their, to get a hold of the gospel. That's what this memorial was about, man. It was about helping the future generations get a hold of what God was doing. And so they were to talk about what the Lord was doing and share the stories. And this happens over and over and over and over again. This is what the Old Testament is about, is for us to have stories to share about the God's faithfulness so we can get handles on what it means to have faith. And so that doesn't stop in the book of Acts. It just keeps on going. And God was adding to the church, and he still is today. And our kids need to hear us sharing stories about how God is moving in our lives. Are you setting up memorials in your home that give your kids some handles to get a hold of? This is what it means to follow Jesus. That's what it means to follow Jesus, is to have your own story. Uh, So here's a cool thing. Is the Lord parted the Red Sea to let the Israelites out of captivity. He parted the Jordan to let them into the promised life. Okay, so that, like when you meet the Lord, there is the, the Red Sea miracle of the resurrection. He parts like to let you into his kingdom. You get saved. You're born again. But there's a Jordan there's a parting of the Jordan too to like the Lord to get you to a place where you, you start living according to the spirit and the word and you're listening and you're living that life. And so here's the big idea of, 
today's talk is that tribal people have new stories to tell. Like there had to be new stories happening in your life. And, and that's how churches grow. I mean, one way to make a church grow is just, just try to crank it out all the time. But the way it's supposed to grow is we all have stories. And we're sharing those stories. And people are like, man, that, that's a great story. How do I get that story to happen, something like that to happen in my life? And they're just sharing stories. And in the midst of the stories, the gospel is being presented because your life is an example of the gospel. And people come into the kingdom. And, and just it just grows and, and great things happen. And your faith grows when you share the story. And someone else's faith grows when you share the story. But if you don't have anything to talk about, there are no stories to tell. There are no stories to tell your kids. There are no stories to tell your coworkers. Uh, and then it just becomes religion. Ah, yeah, death. Look at my life, man. What's your stories? What's the stories you have to talk about from last week? I want to encourage you as Brent leads us in a, in a song of worship, and we just kind of rest in this. Let's just spend a little bit of time meditating on, you know, am I, am I giving the author of creation blank pages of my life to write new stories on? Or have I just, like, have I, have I lost sight of what life is really about? Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.